Welcome to the Sensual Artistry Podcast, exploring erotic awakenings and liberated love. I'm your host, Luna Agnea, essential arts and intimacy facilitator, relationship coach, tantrika, and artist with a passion for the path of liberation through love. In this podcast, you will receive firsthand stories of sacred erotic awakenings, transformational experiences, and love that goes beyond limits. This podcast is here to inspire, educate, and awaken your own sensual artist, because when you liberate your eros, you liberate your life. So today I have with me the lovely Kali, who is uh, one of our facilitator training uh, humans in Spain that got to spend a whole full weeks with. And yeah, Kali is a yoga instructor, now essential arts facilitator. So do you want to introduce yourself a little bit more to people? Sure. Um, hello, everyone. I am Kali and I am essential arts facilitator. I start my background from optometry, which is from a corporate background, turned into embodiment, so then found yoga, and then into yoga, found more need of sensuality and connection to self, dived into uh, sensuality, and uh, that's currently where I am finding purpose and passion and looking forward to bringing that to people from within and to whoever wants to connect to themselves and a community as well that's what I'm looking for and creating Mm, beautiful and yeah and you're currently based in London but from the Mauritius originally right Yes, was born in Mauritius, but have lived more in the UK, more than home now. And uh, yeah, uh, London was where I started my studies and eventually with work. And then because Europe is closed, a lot of my trainings were in Europe. So it became a hub of learning like this fancy bust up, I like to call it. (laughs) (laughs) Beautiful. All right. So, yeah, I'd love to hear some kind of, uh, yeah, a tale, a story from you around your erotic <laughs> awakening and how you went from being a optometrist into, uh, you know, working with sexuality. Um, I'm sure a lot of people are like, well, how do you jump from there to there? <laughs> how does that shift happen? Yeah, I'm also very intrigued looking back to, oh, this is how I started and this is where I am. And to go back, back and give a bit of background of how I was as the little girl in me, who is still alive, but in a very different way. Uh, I come from a parent, parental figure that's quite not so conservative, but very much with the rules and regulations and having to um, abide by them. Where now that I've learned after the our training together, where those were just It's a no, no's aren't celebrated. It's only listening and being almost this people pleaser. That's how I saw it early on now that I look back to. Um, So there was a sense of me just listening and following rules throughout childhood. And then hence optometry came into a career because I didn't know what I want to do. And I had that guidance, which I'm grateful for, but there was a lack of listening in my own 
in my own heart or connecting to myself. So optometry came along the way and studies, connection, culture shock, moving from Mauritius to UK, having this freedom where there is alcohol, there is sex, there is drugs, there is all that. And it's like a new box. And I'm like, what do I do with this? There's so much I can do. And these were all not allowed, not even to talk about, but it was very much a taboo. Uh, and to give uh, an example of taboo, if we talk about sex, no, we don't really talk about sex. It's all during uh, home or even as we grow up or having the sex talk that wasn't a thing. And I don't even know if it's still a thing that new parents have implemented in that society. But if there is a scenario where there's a sex scene on the TV, parents would just leave. It's that awkward and it never changed. Even now, when I'm back home, that lingering feeling is still there. And I'm like, why is it so wrong? Why is it so we cannot watch this? Because that's how we're here sitting together. <laughs> that's the point. So that's the, I would say, end, uh, not end, but start of it. And uh, being in that container of repression and just having to go with what. I feel people want me to be was eventually how I ended up in this career and then not really liking day-to-day -day work, um, just questioning a lot and not getting any answers. Then yoga came around and I was like, oh, this is a nice escape for me to just run away from work and do what I want. Um, and through that, uh, eventually there were a few trainings, few connections, um, and I'm going to slide into the relationship side of it other than the career side. And after throughout this yoga optometry journey, I got married. And then in this relationship, which was, again, a relationship that very much mirrored the relationship I saw in my parents. And as that happened, um, I was very much unsure how to navigate it and what is the right and what is the wrong thing. So whatever came to me was okay, well, we do that. And when my partner then uh, this uh, kind of had this uh, inclination to open the relationship, I was very much triggered. I was angry. I was, why am I not good enough? What is it in me that you don't find attractive enough that you want to sleep with other people? I don't feel like that. So what's, what's wrong with me? Like it really stirred something in me. And we went back and forth many times throughout, I think, a year. And then eventually I was like, okay, I'm curious. Why is it that you are interested about it, but I'm not? And we tried uh, and it was uh, three of us. And in that container, it boiled down to how I just felt nothing is right with me, body-wise, body just insecurities, everything came out and uh, questioning myself, why am I with this person? Why? A lot of things came up and I was just really at the end of, there's no point in this. And when we've had this experience as three of us and went back to just two of us, the connection to me felt just, uh, just achy. So I still somehow was very curious as why I continued to feel icky and he was really up for it. Obviously, there's sexual reasons for that. And uh, 
I was like, okay, let's try again. And I think it's just me being very chasing the pain in a way or chasing that torture. So that's a very kinky side of me coming out already. It's like, okay, let's try again. Why is it? What's about it? And slowly we had few experiences where I could see how he enjoys it as the male. But for me as the female, having another female, most of the encounters had another female body. So it really reflected a lot from me. Uh, I was not uh, grounded enough in my own body, in how I am, in my own body sovereignty. So it felt just miserable after each experience. And with more and more, I realized I'm starting to get a liking to the girls. And that was new to me. I was like, oh, now it feels interesting. And it got to a point where I could get along with the girl and it was just girl on girl. And then the threesome became just a twosome. <laughs> so I was like, oh, this is interesting. I'm loving this. I'm enjoying. I was enjoying the attention, the the elegance of feminine to feminine touch. And um, uh, eventually we went from three to four and then few experiences happened where it definitely made me feel more comfortable in my body, more okay with how I am nude in front of more than someone who I am uh, sexually interacting with. And that felt so freeing. Um, so accepting of how we look in what shape and size it doesn't really matter it's just a question of I see you as a human and I accept you whether we are sexually involved or we're just sitting smoking and having coffee it's it's a beautiful experience um there's so many more stories about the relationships I can keep going into <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it's interesting. So at first, when you were opening your relationship, are you saying that you weren't actually that attracted to women and it was more for your partner? And then you actually started exploring um, and finding that you were attracted to women like kind of halfway through. Is that right? Yes, that was uh, kind of a weird turn of events because I just jumped into it. And I also realized I didn't couldn't say no at that time. It was very hard. So I molded myself into what was needed from me. and then. I was like, okay, let's do it. But I was suppressing my own no. Yeah. 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 It's interesting. Like some of these situations, I've heard another story of something like this with cuckolding where um, someone actually yeah, felt really pressured and it was kind of this like gross, um, like coercive kind of like fawning unconscious um, situation. But then they actually did fine when they were in the situation that they actually like realized that they actually, you know, were into this, um, which, yeah, yeah I, I find like, you know, as someone that's really about like consent and people being a full <laughs> fuck yes, then part of me is like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In this resistance where it's like, oh, well, sometimes actually when we, you know, uh, do things that we're resistant to, we actually mm. can sometimes like them. So there, there is a bit of a, a nuance there, but also, um, you know, not, not good to be fawning into these yeah. situations uh, at all and probably much healthier, better ways that um, could have gone yes. about it. Like, if you, what would you have um, advice to someone around that? I'm curious, like now on the other side. Yeah, I've seen many patterns of how I phone, whether it's with a man who approaches me or even a man that I'm in a relationship with. It's very much like this first response that comes out. And I'm like, wait, I didn't want that, but I already said something else now. And I would, uh, what I do now is I stop 
what I'm doing because usually the phone is just like so quickly happening and the word is out and before I can even think this word is out so I stop and actually breathe and take a step back from the situation if I can uh, if it's some uh, someone new I can easily step out of it if it's someone that I know then I can ask for space and come back to them so that's usually my I'd say step to step guidance for myself within to stay grounded otherwise the phoning is so alive or almost still today but I need to befriend it so we can work together <laughs> mm. yeah so for people that might be confused if you're not uh, familiar with fawning it's this um, it's a type of trauma response where someone um, goes ahead and does things um, when they feel a little bit threatened or if something's proposed, um, mm-hmm. is this people pleasing, like, okay, like it's safer to just say yes than it is to set a boundary or something. So I thought I'd just mm-hmm. put that in there in case someone's listening. They're like, what do, what do they what mean? By <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, I think that's, that's the thing. It's this pattern breaking, um, like fawning is one of the harder trauma responses, um, mm-hmm. because it's a lot more like complex and it's in our social conditioning and stuff, mm-hmm. especially for people like born and raised as women, uh, in particular, uh, that, mm-hmm. you know, it, it really can be challenging to even spot it. Like you said, you kind of already say yes and agree to something before yeah. you've even, um, had time to think about it and actually reflect on it. It's just this immediate response. Have you found anything else has um, helped you with that? Maybe, yeah, like, you know, embodiment or spirituality or anything's like helping you with that awareness? And Yes and no. Uh, at the same time, there's this phoning, which is, I guess it would be like a resistance to actually stand in my own power and then saying yes to an experience I'm not really comfortable with. There is, I'm going to go towards the note just because there's this kinky side of me that wants to talk about it, uh, like walking through resistance. And for me, it's like, okay, there's, oh, I should have said no. I said, yes, I walked through resistance. What is that going to come out of? What is going to come out of that experience? Obviously, with the safety, um, I would say safety of your body and the spaces when not just any experience, but part of me also feels very drawn to what happens if I go there and then stay, experience it enough so I know where is my new yes and no. So just kind of edging to the point of how much I can be in that experience and where can it take me? How much is it that I can edge into what is being offered? So I would say that's the no part. <laughs> but in towards the spiritual or embodiment side of it, I'd say reconnection within. For me, for a long time, there was a sense of just molding to what the world is and not listening to myself, not having enough power to listen to my own voice and let others hear my voice I was very afraid of that because oh what would someone else think or what if I say the wrong thing but by thinking that I never express myself so then no one really knows what I want (laughs) at the end of the day so I was like okay well I need to tell I need to ask only then can I receive so by practicing that which we practiced a lot in the training in Spain I realized that 
I can reframe the fawning and before it becomes a fawning, I can ask or I can say this doesn't work for me because a lot of times I wouldn't even say or even express my boundary. So people can walk all over you then and that's not a, a human experience. So that's yeah. these are the two sides I would go by. Yeah. 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 And it, I think also like with fawning, that's why we need um, on, on both sides as well. Like a lot of people want to put the full responsibility on the, the person mm-hmm. that is fawning and be like, you need to heal yourself and you need to speak your boundaries and stuff. But, um, you know, it is so much more complicated than that, <laughs> you know, so yeah. that's why like a lot of what we teach is also around like the person that's proposing something that they mm-hmm. desire, knowing how to like frame it in a way that gives someone options that really checks in that really like, yeah. you know, we, we even just do practices um, that we often do at the start of workshops where there's touch and stuff where you get someone to say yes to everything and say no to mm-hmm. everything. Um, so you ask them a bunch of things, some of them ridiculous, some of them serious or whatever. And they're saying yes to everything and no to everything and start getting people to tune in to like, what is mm. what is a real yes? And what is a yes that they wanted to say no to? And seeing if you can actually start to, to read that and to notice what happens like subtly and, you know, in the person's face or body or in their tone. And, um, you know, the, mm-hmm. this kind of perception that you need also ask the the other person when you're interacting with someone is to be able to spot fawning and to be able to like help the person call it out themselves and just be like oh it's interesting like you said yes to this but I'm getting a feeling that it's not really a full yes Mm -hmm. and I want to check in because I actually don't want to be doing something with you if it's not a full yes for you and I don't want you to be uncomfortable Mm -hmm. or whatever and like I feel like that's such a amazing powerful skill to have um in in relating as well as to be able to really like help someone not fall yeah, <laughs> yeah and unfortunately like a lot of people have this like opportunist um element oh, yeah. to them where like they're they're happy to take advantage of someone that's in a fawn and just be like cool well you know they said yes so I'm just gonna go with that mm-hmm. um and you know obviously that I think has like some karmic consequences or yeah. you know like <laughs> I'm sure I wanted yeah. um mm-hmm. sorry but is there fawning in men because it's very common in female from our just that's I don't know from birth even how we are treated or how we are seen how we are valued but is it something that is in men too and how does that does that differ yeah I mean like it's not as common in men for sure because Mm -hmm. especially it is something that comes up with threat like um, if we Mm -hmm. feel threatened so it's like less common especially for like cis hetero white Mm -hmm. males in in particular like they they often aren't going to be feel threatened enough but it definitely does happen like generally I find with um, men that had very like dominating mothers that were really Mm -hmm. intense and that were really like uh, you know like there's some there's some pretty intense especially ones that have like mental health issues like mothers that um really kind of you know beat submission into mm-hmm. their sons and uh the, the like a tiger mom yeah and then they tend to be attracted to women that are really domineering mm-hmm. and really intense and um yeah like i mean you often it's it's a funny thing people often talk about like oh the good girls only like the bad guys but i often found mm-hmm. this growing up that like a lot of the really sweet guys like a lot of the men that were like 
really good friends of mine that were like really lovely and sweet would tend to end up with these really bitchy girlfriends that would just totally walk all over them, make them do everything for them. Be like, I'm the princess and you're going to do whatever for me. And you're going to take me out and you're going to buy this and you're going to pay for this. And they're like, okay, whatever you want. (laughs) Uh, Which, you know, I mean, we're, we're laughing, but it's, you know, it's not actually um, really funny. It's it's a sad uh, thing, but it, it is a, yeah, a kind of common issue that I was always really confused in, you know, and I was the the person that never had any um, people to date or whatever. I was always single and I'm just like, why are people putting up with this stuff? Like, why is this really like mm. sweet, awesome humans, like going with these people that are just walking all mm. over them? I could never understand it. But yeah, now like understanding the psychology a bit more, I'm like. That's and continues. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, so now that you have been more like aware of this and doing this work and making these changes, mm-hmm. like how is your relationships and sexuality change? Like what's on the other side for people? Some, uh, the other side is so freeing. It's, I don't know, I sometimes don't have what, I just have this feeling of like heart opening feeling almost. It's receptive, it's open, it's welcome, it's inviting and acceptance has been something that I have struggled with because it took me a long time to accept myself but then coming on the other end where any type of relationship is accepted as long as people who are in it know what it is what it means feels so nourishing because it doesn't need to go by the constraints of uh, a man and a woman and that's it or it could be multiple people or same sex or a variety of combinations and I find that the insecurities I had as well they kind of just got shed more and more just to this point that if I am with multiple women in a room I feel very empowered I feel that there is this uplifting I uplift you you uplift me it's not about oh you've got this shape and size and you know the sense of comparison has completely dismantled in my brain and I love that because when I talk to other women about it who are uh, not in this world of sexuality and where nudity is just a very neutral natural thing they're like, but don't you feel that? Don't you feel that uh, they're doing something and you feel less or more? I'm like, no, she's as much as I am and she has her own magic and so do I. So nudity has been very empowering to me and it's something that I always was kind of on the edge of, I'm not sure, I don't want to be seen. Now I'm like, yes, I want to be seen and I want to celebrate who I am, how I am. So it's a lot of celebration because you accept yourself and then you can share that and this work is amazing (laughs) this is the end of it the other end (laughs) yeah it's interesting like hearing um you know about how you felt about that before and then seeing you at the training like running around naked (laughs) and just like so free-spirited like you just wouldn't guess at all that you had like any previous body image but I guess a lot of us were the same and and that was what I I learned even working as a stripper and I was around some of the women that had like 
you know, the perfect body or like, you know, and they were making so much money having all these men paying them ridiculous Mm -hmm. amounts of money to see them naked. And so many of them still had really intense body image issues. And it was really sad to see that even people that have like the generically attractive, Mm -hmm. um, you know, sexually desirable, whatever Mm -hmm. you want to call it, body could often still um, have this like kind of psychological damage and you know, and then often some people that, you know, were really like not having the most typical attractive body could be so confident in their skin. Yes. And it would like be so much more attractive actually to people because they're like, oh yeah, like they're really at home oh, in their it's... body. Yeah. And like they they love themselves. And that actually has like this different level of attractiveness and Mm. yeah like being around other people naked starts to make you realize like yeah we all have different like lumps and bumps and scars and like different sizes and you know it's all beautiful in its own way yeah for sure I love that and as you spoke of stripping and what came to me just after the training I was like I really want to continue being naked and coming to London I didn't feel like integrating another society where or society organization where it would be, uh, okay, let's get naked and do things together. So my, I guess, golden nugget was to go to um, live drawing sessions, nude live drawing session. And that's such a, like, it's not even empowering. It's liberating now to be there and hold the space of I am naked, I'm being seen, and I'm fully accepted from each and everyone's perspective because they all see something different and they all accept it and that's what comes out in whatever they draw whatever they see whatever they want to sketch and it's another way to hold space for yourself and the other it's so meditative so yeah I cannot recommend this journey enough (laughs) yeah for sure and yeah even just um you know we we did a practice in the training which you know is pretty common in these kind of spaces of like just getting up in front of the group and like getting naked and speaking about like things that you you know maybe judge Mm. about your body and things that and then having to speak about things that you love about your body which for some people is quite easy like I love this and I love this but for some people it's like whoa like do I actually Mm. like anything about my body and um it, it can be yeah really interesting process for people and especially to see in others where you'd be like oh that person's probably Mm -hmm. confident or something and then finding out like oh wow they have all these insecurities and like oh wow like I I didn't think you would have that yeah exactly and it and this is something that you know people often talk um and I kind of talk shit about some of the, you know, female embodiment coaches or whatever, and being like, oh, well, you're skinny and white. Why would you ever, mm. you know, you don't know what you're talking about when you're talking about body image issues, but this is such a thing for everyone. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, even like skinny white women can sometimes have even more pressure um, and yes. more because they're getting objectified more. <laughs> um, I don't know about more, but yeah, there, there's like, yeah. um, a lot of pressure on people no matter what you know what your body type or um, something I mean for mm-hmm. me being really skinny and tall like that gave me a whole bunch of like 
different kinds of body image issues mm. compared to someone that's like short and you know maybe a bit wider or uh, thicker you know it's like yeah we all get something um but it's so nice when we can just let that all go and um to be mm. able to just see like each individual body as being perfect as it is and a work of mm-hmm. art and really yes. appreciate it for all that it does for us and really like celebrate each other in our bodies yeah, it broke down a lot of my bars that I had as well. I think, what did we call it? It was a striptease almost that we did, a naked striptease. And stripping off shame. Stripping off, yeah, stripping off shame. And it was like, oh, I have shame. Yes, I have shame. Do I like things? Yeah, I need to think about those. <laughs> so the the bad thing, not even the bad, but the really conditioned that this is how I should be and this is how I'm not, it's very accessible. But the loving and kind part is like, I need to like look for it. Where is that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's so interesting, like, you know, after years of doing this work and, you know, now I'm like, I really like when I when I look for it I'm trying to like do some work to like decondition I'm like I really don't think I have any body image issues anymore I'm like they're they're completely gone and you know and it's interesting because then I kind of forget what it's like sometimes like because it's like this distant um version of myself that used to just constantly I don't know be be aware of this and I remember being at a beach um with my partner and then just kind of being like wow, there would have been a time when I would have been walking around just constantly thinking like, are people looking at me? What are they thinking about my body? What what about Mm -hmm. that person's body? And like that so much of my consciousness and my awareness would have been taken on being Mm -hmm. self-conscious and self-aware and like (laughs) self-absorbed or about like focusing on other people and like, oh, she's got bigger boobs than me or like she's got a better butt than me and Mm -hmm. and, like all this comparison and stuff. And I'm like, wow, it's so exhausting. Like it's, (laughs) it's so much energy and effort. It's so unnecessary um it's a lot of mental power yeah yeah and yeah and it just takes you out of like enjoying the present moment and Mm. being able to like enjoy how good your body can feel and enjoy like and appreciate and feel gratitude for your body because you're just so focused on like the the physical and like how that's perceived so Mm. yeah yeah, it's definitely work worth doing Mm-hmm. yeah for sure I agree yeah so what kind of uh work are you now like feeling most inspired to do after you know now that you're kind of stepping out more into your facilitator embodiment power yeah uh, so what I feel called to and I've done that I've done that in our training and I've done that again in one of the retreats uh, which was sensual embodiment uh and it really brought this like juiciness in people after I had space. So I'm in this mode of creating a course of sensual embodiment just to make it available even more. So it's currently under construction, but this is where my mind is like finding sexiness and pleasure. And then this um, maybe foundation of yoga or embodiment to build it up. So sensual embodiment is being birthed slowly right now. Uh, and yeah, I guess that is my main, um, focus at the moment because it's really alive in me and it's something that I'm so passionate to share right now because there will be more and more juiciness to come out. And every time I hold space, there's a new inspiration or a new thread of something. So 
yeah, that's happening right now. <laughs> awesome. And yeah, I'm excited to also have you joining us in um, Bali and at the, the Tantric Arts Retreat in Berlin. So if people are listening, want to come join, if you want to maybe join us. Yeah. Yeah, join, join the- <laughs> yeah, I'm really excited. Um, yeah, during the, the training, Kali started like really falling in love with Kali even more. Mm. The, the amazing goddess, and maybe we'll have to do some um Kali work at the Tantra Gods retreat and bring in some Kali mm. energy. <laughs> oh, for sure. I've been really channeling her and finding that so many ways I was her, but I was in denial. So Kali is just very expansive way to work with shakti so yeah Mm. it's exciting i look forward to bringing that out to you in public not public but in in person in person yeah (laughs) beautiful well thanks so much for sharing your wisdom and your experiences with us today um do you want to finish with like maybe one Uh, like tip or recommendation for people or something um, that they can kind of take home uh, and try themselves around maybe yeah this like body image or breaking out of fawning or whatever you feel inspired by Uh, yes so I guess my main theme was shame Uh, and then in to kind of bring back to how to not to even cut it or extract it is reconnection to self and being kind and gentle to yourself because most of the time it's the stories that we keep telling ourselves that's why we cannot open our heart to others so maybe my little uh takeaway or giveaway message would be be kind to yourself the inner talk but the inner talk and also um, how you receive yourself yeah yeah mm. well, thank you for thank sharing you. that yeah self-compassion is always key for any of this work uh, I like to imagine like you know whenever the shame or any mm. issues come up is like you know yeah th- think of it like this little inner child like this yeah you know, mm-hmm. there was a child that was like I'm ugly and they're like this cute little child like how would you feel towards it and try to have that feeling towards yourself oh sure, yeah thank you it's been amazing to chat yeah and I'll link to some of Carly's work below if you want to connect with her and yeah I look forward to seeing more from you in our Central Art School network over time yes look forward to thank you Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. I hope you've enjoyed it and found it inspiring. You can connect with me on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and through my website, sensualartistry.com and sensualarts.school, where you can get some freebies and sign up to my mailing list to stay in touch. Hope to see you again soon.